Tonight, I am going to unpack something in 30 hot minutes because um, I've timed myself and I'm gonna squeeze it in, but we're gonna do a little bit of teaching and I really wanna equip you with some teaching tonight around the armour of God. Now, the armour of God is maybe something you touched on in Sunday school, right? We've all kind of, yeah, yeah, we know a little bit about the pieces, but I don't know about you if you have had the opportunity to open your word again and go through and even study about this. I believe if you know what this is, you are gonna have a confidence in your spiritual walk and your walk with Jesus like ever before. So we are gonna look tonight a little into the spirit realm, into the supernatural, is that cool? People get a little bit weird about this, but I'm gonna confidently go there with you tonight. We're gonna unpack a few things. Okay, so as Christians, we are aware that there is a God who exists, right? We can get our head around there is a God. We can get our head around that there is a devil. Yep, we're kind of good with, yep, we understand there is good, there is bad. Um, We know that they're not mates, the devil and God, we've got that, Ronan. We know that uh, they are in opposition. We know that one wants harm for us and one wants the best for us. So we kind of get it. We kind of get the devil, yeah, yeah, he's after ruin us. But do we really think about that on the daily or do we go about our life, because I think I do this and I forget about this spiritual warfare or what we would call a battle going on around us. It is very easy to get up in the morning and pay the bills, plan your events, plan your weekend, decide what you're gonna wear, do everything just very naturally and not even pause to think about the spirit and what is happening around you right there in that moment or even what is planned in the spirit for your day. Do we think about that? Do we think about that enough? What maybe is planned for the spirit in your day? You can look at significant things. You know, if we look at say maybe your family unit and one of your siblings just had a job offer and it's incredible. Straight away we go to the accolades of like, you are amazing, you are so talented, you have worked so hard, you deserve this right and you're giving them all the props because in the natural they've probably worked very hard for it. But we kind of throw out a random comment like, you know, praise God, yeah, praise God, you got that, woo. I feel like we kind of just flippantly throw away a little comment about maybe what's happened supernaturally or or what God has done to intervene for that successful moment to have. It's kind of more of a throwaway than actually thinking, hang on a second, wow, how did that happen? What happened in the spirit? What happened behind the scenes? What miracles did God have to do to open that door? It blows your mind when you think about the complexity of what is happening in the spirit between good and bad to make things happen or not happen. There is a scripture in Zechariah 4, it says this, and this clearly reminds us of the victory and the breakthrough that comes from the spirit of the Lord intervening in our life. It's this, not by might, not by power, but by the spirit. So that tells us it is not by might or power, that means it's not by your talent, It's not by your cool talent, it's not by striving, it's not necessarily by you doing it all on your own and just getting really good at it. It's actually about the Spirit intervening through in your life. It is by my Spirit, says the Lord. Do we give the Lord enough accolades or enough praise about our day today? You can see how talented people are, there is no doubt. And it definitely is a collaboration towards what the gifts you have, but it was also needing us to acknowledge about what the Spirit of God is doing. 
We are in a battle. And the scripture clearly tells us that the enemy is after us. Now, I don't wanna get all doom and gloom tonight, but I'm probably gonna say the devil's name a few times. We gotta get real with this. We can't ignore that he's a thing, he's a spirit and he's, and he's after you. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, 8. He gives us a directive. Be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. This scripture is saying, hey, 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 stay alert, wake up, wake up, stay sober. Young adults, stay sober because the enemy is after you and he wants you to not be sober. That is definitely what he wants. It says he comes around like a lion. He's not the lion. He thinks he's the lion. He thinks he is the king. He is the kingpin that can come in, that can come and destroy and devour your life. He is sick. He has plans for evil. But verse nine says, resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world. So we are all going through the same thing. But he says you need to resist him, standing firm in the faith. This scripture tells us we are not alone. He's after all of us. So you need to make a decision to resist him and stay alert. That means acknowledging that he has a plan to take you out. He has a plan to devour you, to take you off course. In John 10, it likens him to a thief who can steal, kill and destroy. He's a loser. The devil knows your purpose. Have you thought about that? He knows your plan, he knows the plan, he knows the potential on your life. That's why he's so caught up on devouring you. You are a threat to his plan. You've had a tough year. He's got it in for you. Have you thought about how much the devil is trying to take you out and rob you and take you off path? Tonight, we're gonna learn about how to resist him standing firm in the faith. So since the battles that we face are spiritual in nature, we need to learn how to fight them spiritually, right? If someone has a sword and I was to fight back with a banana, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. These are spiritual battles in the supernatural and so we need to be equipped on how to know how we can fight back in a spiritual nature. We need to combat the powers of darkness in, not within flesh, but in the spirit. Corinthians, it says, for the weapons of warfare are not carnal, they are not flesh. You've gotta really stop yourself and remember. People who are having a go at you, things, the doors that are closing, people who are just horrible and rip you off, things that just are not working for you. Do we stop enough and go, the battles are not carnal? I need to resist the devil so that he flees from my life. I need to remember that this is a spiritual attack on my life and I need to fight back in the spirit. 
Our life is a battle. It is an armed struggle against a powerful adversary, and we know. The devil has some moves, he's got some moves. And a lot is happening in the spiritual world, but it has great effect on our physical world. Does that make sense? There's so many things happening, yes, on a spiritual level, but it presents itself in a physical sense. To engage in the battle properly, we need a spiritual makeover tonight. And we need to learn what the attire is required to wear to fight on the front line of battle. So tonight we are gonna unpack each element of the armour of God. And my title to tonight is called Armour On, for those taking notes. We're gonna look into the book of Ephesians. And this is where Paul, he concludes his magnificent letter to the Ephesians. And he charges them and he says, put on the armour of God so that you can stand up against the enemy. And so we're gonna read that scripture together. But I want you to just to quickly listen to this. There is a scripture in Hosea, it's in 4.6 and it, it caught me because I was looking into this kind of thing. There's a scripture that says this, God's people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. We are destroyed when we don't know what the Bible has given us, what tools God has given us. We are unequipped and we are not ready. We can be destroyed by not educating ourselves in the Word of God. And so tonight I want you to lean into this teaching from the Bible so that it can equip you with knowledge on how to fight the evil. Let's read about the armour of God straight away together. Here we are, verse 10. Finally, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Super clear. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, when it comes knocking, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, you can still stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So this scripture gives us six pieces of armour that we are going to go through tonight on how they can protect us, how they can ultimately help us triumph in spiritual battles. Each piece very essential, let's break it down. Number one, the belt of truth. So the soldiers, they would put on the belt of truth. It was a very necessary accessory. I think it was made of like leather straps and it had brass plates and it had some kind of protection because it was kind of bulky. But it was the first thing that they put on. They put on their belt when they got equipped for the battle. It was the first part. And it did design to cover things, but it also was the thing that also supported the other types of things like putting your sword on it, that kind of thing. So he would put on his belt first. 
It keeps it all in place. Now, Paul relates the belt to truth. It said, stand firm with the belt of truth. He is saying, first, buckle around your waist, the belt of truth, and firmly establish yourself in the truth of God's Word. The first thing we need to do is establish ourselves in the truth of God's Word. God's Word, therefore, is baseline. It is foundational. It is number one on the spiritual armour. This belt is protection. You need to keep you free from the enemy's lies. Now, we are talking tonight about the devil. He is the father of lies, the Scripture says. The opposite of truth is lies. We're putting on this belt of truth. What the enemy wants to do is dismantle that belt and bring lies to you. John says this, uh, John 8 says this, and Jesus said to the Jews had, who had believed Him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Satan attacks truth with lies and he especially focuses on God's promises for you, casting all sorts of doubt on them, trying to dismantle them and discourage you from them. If the enemy can get you to doubt God's goodness, it's a slippery slope. You'll start to question things. You'll start to feel discouraged and confused and defeated if you let the enemy's voice start to ask you to question the truth. You're gonna start believing his lies and it is a steep hill to climb back up trying to understand and getting on top again. When you, fall, when you fail to resist this type of attack, you may then act upon the enemy's temptations as he just tries to fuel those in, tempting you with all types of things to weaken and, and, and uh, weaken you in your sin. Temptations will most likely then lead you off God's path. So one of the enemy's common tactics is in telling us lies, to put lies even in first person, like I am not good enough, I cannot do this, my life isn't worth living. It says be alert because these lies come and you think you are thinking them yourself. In fact, the enemy has just slyly, like a prowling little loser, dropped these seeds into your mind and all of a sudden you think it's your ideas. But he is the father of lies. He is the father of lies, don't fall for it. Instead, we have to push back and start speaking the truth. This is the belt we wear and the promises of God and resist Him. Do not let the guilt or the devil's accusations keep you away from God. Instead, repent, turn away, reset, come back into God's loving arm, line yourself with the truth of God and put that belt on and we start again. It's not what you think it is the truth, but it's God's truth. You'll find it right here. First, we put on the belt. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness, which I believe looks something like this. Mama I was gonna try and wear it, but I did not. Okay, so the breastplate, soldier's protection for his chest and all his abdominal areas crafted probably of metal, iron, something like this. And it defended them from all these crazy blows to their body. Uh, it, it protects them mostly from the big, like vital organs, which is your lungs, it's your heart, your stomach, all those sort of things. Okay, if I'm to make this similarity to a spiritual organ, what I would say that this protects and what we need most protected is our heart. It guards 
our heart. Proverbs 4, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. It is critical that we guard our heart. Guard our heart. The Bible talks about guarding your heart or about the heart, 900 verses in the Bible. He wants you to catch how critical it is to look after the health of your heart. Many of those verses describe the kind of hearts that please God, things like a pure heart, hungry heart, a repentant heart. We are responsible for the condition of our heart. And so how important is it to daily put on the breastplate of righteousness to defend our heart? I know I used to, uh, I was growing up with two of my sisters and we were all a bit of name callers. We used to like call each other rude things. (laughs) Like just like, fat pig or something stupid like that, I don't know. My mum's here tonight, she would vouch for that horrible calling things. And I would hear mum go, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we'd be like, but it's so true. I didn't really think she was that, but I was trying to to dismantle her. I was trying to hurt her, I was trying to have a go. It does come from your heart. You can't deny it. You can't just say words and don't think it comes from somewhere. It all comes from the heart. Another scripture, Matthew 6, it says, where your treasure is there, where your heart will be also. Where do you put your effort, your time, your talents? Where is your affection? Guarding our heart, giving number one priority to the Lord. So why is our spiritual heart so important? It's in Romans 10, 10, it says this, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's that simple. None of us can earn right standing in God's eyes by by following a formula, by attending church, by serving, doing good needs. But we are justified and made righteous only because of the faith in the Lord Jesus. Only because of that. The breastplate of righteousness then is a gift obtained by faith. It's given to you when you have faith. We know that it is not our own goodness that protects our hearts. Rather, God protects those who are clothed in righteousness. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. The righteousness of Christ in you is what matters, not your shortcomings, not your failures. Without righteousness, we leave ourselves open to Satan's attacks. To be righteous is first of all to be repentant, asking for forgiveness and then doing right is what is in God's eyes. Keep them with me. Number three, let's put on the shoes of readiness tonight. The shoes of readiness with gospel and peace. Now, no soldier would get very far at all without good shoes. Uh, there is rough terrains, if you can imagine what it would have been like. The, the feet would have been carved out. They would have been so inefficient to be able to be mobilised and fight against the enemy. This scripture uses the word readiness, which uh, readiness reminds us that we need to be eager, ready to go. We're putting on our shoes of readiness. And it tells us we are to put on our shoes of readiness to preach the gospel of peace, which means we need to be ready to go. We have been commissioned to go into all the world to do what? Preach the word, preach the gospel. And so putting on our shoes means I am ready. 
When I get up in the morning and I put on my breastplate of righteousness, I'm good to go. Then I put on my shoes of readiness. What am I saying? God, use me. I am ready to put on my shoes and be ready to preach the gospel of peace to my nation. And as Christians, we inhabit the Holy Ghost who is Prince of Peace. We have good news, church. We carry peace. You should carry peace. If you don't carry peace, you need to address that. We go into the, God, we go into the world and we preach and we share about the gospel of peace and how God is Saviour. But I'm concerned that we have a generation who are not Bible readers. It worries me. It worries me that you are not reading the Bible and that you are not ready to preach the gospel. Because we need to ask the Lord, okay, I am good, I'm putting on my shoes of readiness, but if you are not full of the Word of God, are you ready? Are you ready at all? Are you ready at all? Paul told Timothy, preach the Word, be instant in season and out of season. That means good to go, all the time. In the army of God, there are times to rest, yes, times of refreshment, but there is never time just to check out. We have to stay alert. We have to be ready. We have to be sober-minded and aware. Romans 16, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. The grace of Lord Jesus Christ be with you already. These are good promises. Who knows the world needs peace? Who wants to be ready? Who wants to be ready tonight? Number four, the shield of faith. Verse 16, it said, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Thank the Lord, we are given something that stops the flaming arrows heading your way. That's a promise that I am holding onto. I actually love visualising that. The enemy trying to send flaming arrows to you, to your family, to your relationship with your parents, to your position at work, to opportunities. He wants to throw those arrows. And what do we have? A shield of faith that no matter how many times the enemy tries to have a go at us, we pick up our shield of faith and defend the enemy. When our faith in God's power and love is strong, it is impossible. It should be impossible for the Satan to be able to attack you like that. Now, faith means more than just believing in a God that He exists. It's a firm belief that everything God does is good. You have faith to believe that He is good. When I was diagnosed a couple of years ago, it could have took me out. But my faith was not just that I believed God, I believed that God was good to me. I believe that God is healer, I still believe it. And that allows me to pick up my shield of faith, standing firm in the faith and resist the enemy. Faith is the absolute conviction that God will do what He's promised. You can exhale on that. When you're feeling anxious, exhale knowing that He will do what He's promised. That is the shield of faith. Faith protects us. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Oh man, that's some faith. Picking up his shield and letting the Lord protect him from all danger. The enemy is going to whisper in your ear all the time. I don't imagine he'll ever let up. He wants your life. 
You are not good enough, you cannot do that. You'll never be good enough. Constantly tell you negative is rubbish. It is from the liar himself. You've got to stop that noise in its tracks. You've got to recognise it. One of the best things I've ever learned in my spiritual walk was recognising the enemy. Nehemiah talks about this. He talks about having his arm on the wall and his arm on a sword. And as he's building the city, he keeps his eye and his sword up. Learn the tactics of the enemy in your life so that you know when it's the right moment to lift your shield in faith. Don't let the enemy's words get inside of you. Talk back to it with faith. Talk back to it with Scripture. Use God's Word to fight for you. Know the truth. Counteract the enemy's lies with the truth of God. You know, sometimes the blow from the enemy, it is huge. Sometimes they can be big, bigger than you could ever expect it. And now is the time that you need a reinforcement. I need some mates. You know, they do this cool thing on the front line. It's called the tortoise. I've researched about this soldier thing. And they get down with their um, shields and they line up like this. And some people go around the edge and then there's layers and another guy's up there and another guy's up there. And they get it and they create this huge wall of shield this huge shield, and so then the darts come, they can't get through the cracks because people have partnered together and lifted their shields. That is what faith and praying together looks like. Getting people, intercessors, team, friends, call on your friends and say, the enemy has taken his time to hit and hit and hit me. I need support. Pick up your shield with me and pray. Rally your troops, position your shields together and push back that the enemy cannot interfere in your life. If we join our shields, we strengthen each other with our faith, building up and serving as we are able and we are able to take on any challenge. Together, pray together. Several times in the book of Psalms, David likens the protection of the Lord to a shield. Psalm 18, it says, David said, the Lord gave him the shield of salvation. The Lord was his defence, his fortress, his rock, his deliverer. David also declared in Psalm 28, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. That is a good place to be in. He is my defender. He is my fortress. He is my rock. I can lift my shield of faith and know that He will help me. The shield of faith is the protection God has provided to get us through all types of trials. But let me say this, the effectiveness of your shield of faith largely depends on your concept of God. The effectiveness of that faith shield is how big your faith is. How big is your God? How big is your God? How big is your faith that you can rise that up and bounce back? I am strong in the Lord. I will resist the enemy and he will flee. My faith is strong and steadfast. Instead of allowing life circumstances to dictate your perception of God, allow God's Word to tell the truth about Him. Don't write your faith levels on experience. 
Grow your faith from the Word of God. Number five, crumbs, I'm running out of time. <laughs> Helmet of salvation. This guy, should I do it? Oh, I've got a headpiece on. Helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now the, the helmet, the Romans put this helmet on to guard, sorry, they put it on to protect themselves and their brains. We put it on to protect our minds. We put this on when we get up in the morning. I put on my breastplate of righteousness. I put on my shoes of readiness. I've got my belt of truth. And this is my helmet of salvation to protect my mind. How? How is it gonna do that? Salvation provides hope. Providing hope, which is a joyful and confident expectation that God will fulfill His promises. The mind torments you. The enemy plants seeds in your mind to bring fear, to bring depression, to bring anxiety, to torment you with telling you people don't like you, you've got no friends, you're useless. He will tell you everything to screw up your mind. But we have salvation and this looks like hope. Hope in a God who is faithful. Hope in a God who never lets us down. A person without hope is vulnerable to the enemy's lies. But our hope is in the salvation of the Lord. And not only in the initial salvation when you first get saved, but continued salvation from the power of sin and the attacks of the enemy on your life. The enemy, he tries to constantly talk us out of hope. It's not gonna work, no, that won't work. That's not gonna happen. You're all wishing, it's just dreaming. It's not gonna happen. He wants to dismantle the hope that you have. He's gonna bring horrible thoughts into your mind. You need to catch them on, catch them on the way in. Renew your mind daily, getting rid of them. Let's not be ignorant to the enemy's attempts to get our thoughts preoccupied with things of the world. Romans says this, be not confirmed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We don't have enough time to go into this tonight, but you need to study how to renew your mind. This is so important. Our world is nuts now. We have to be able to guard our heart, guard our mind, have our hope in Jesus that He has saved us. Number six, sword of the Spirit. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. The sword was used both offensively and defensively in the army is to offensively to protect and defensively to attack. Two ways that they used to use that. In the battle, soldiers used to press their backs to back and have swords on either side to be able to guard each other and defend the enemy pushing back. Now I'm useless <laughs> with this thing. <laughs> if you were good at that, you're laughing at me right now. It takes practice to learn how to use the sword. It takes practice to learn how to use the sword. The sword is the Word of God right here. This sitting on your mantle, on your bookshelf, on your cute coffee table for YA life groups with a bit of dust on top is not practicing using the sword. How can we be ready for battle? 
when battle comes knocking on your doorstep with a betrayal, with a, a, a parent leaving, with a someone ripping your heart out and rejection or whatever. It looks like money loss. It looks like all these horrible things. Oh, now, now I better get it, Tim. <laughs> Where do I even start? We have to practice how to use the sword. Offensively and defensively. We push back, we defend, and we attack with this. The Word of God. The Word of God is made alive by the Holy Spirit of God, causing it to be filled with revelation. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. This is life. This is river. This is cold water on a hot day. This will give you everything you need. You have to understand and practice the sword of the Spirit in your life to combat the strongholds of Satan. Sorry. <laughs> but tragically, so many people don't pick this up. Tragically, people don't understand the power of the Word of God in their life. And they desperately flick and go, oh, you'll do. Understand the two-edged sword that this has been given to us. Don't wait to learn it when it is rocky and it's hard and you wish you knew it. This is what I wanna tell you to do. Memorise it and meditate on it. Again, when I was diagnosed with my disease a couple of years ago, I desperately opened the Bible, I'm like, just show me, Lord. I couldn't find anything. I shut it and I distinctly remember opening my journal and just starting writing down all the things I knew about faith and healing. I already had it in me. I didn't need a new thing in that moment. I needed to uproot the well of faith that was already inside of me. I could lay down my Bible and just have the Word of God just overflow and remind me of His promises. And that is the drink that you can drink from. It's called your daily bread, this. Don't wait until you need it. Have it ready. And so you can step confidently by using your sword to combat the enemy's words. Memorise it, let it flow from you. Meditate on it, process, ponder, think about it. Apply the passages in the Scriptures. When you do this, you will gain confidence in speaking the Word of God. You will. You'll be able to pray the Word of God better. You'll be able to sing the Word of God better. The Scriptures you hide in your heart, you'll be able just to apply to your life everywhere. Even when the Bible isn't nearby. It should just pour out of you. It's the sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit. So they're the six elements tonight. I wanna do number seven. I think the band's gonna come. The Bible, that scripture that we read as we opened tonight was just talking about the six, but the last part of that scripture, Paul states something which I think is the number seven for tonight. Let me remind it said this, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Number seven tonight. It's not a piece of armour. It's not your uniform, but I think it is the most necessary. It's prayer. Prayer. Praying in the Spirit. Pushing back the works of the enemy. Interceding. Learning how to pray. 
He didn't pray, Paul didn't compare prayer to any specific piece of armour. However, he included it because of its importance in a believer's battle against the armed forces, against the spiritual forces. And like other armies and, and armors and weapons and stuff that we have discussed tonight, prayer is absolutely critical to the success of spiritual battles. Hear me, learn how to pray. Start with two minutes, then go to five minutes, then go to 10 minutes. Apply yourself, shut the door, turn things off. You don't even need worship music. Get in the car. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you know how to pray in tongues, learn how to pray in tongues. Come down the front and I'll pray for you tonight. Catch your tongue. Learn how to pray in the Spirit. Let it flow from you. Anytime that I have fear in my life, you find me walking my hallways, shutting my door, praying in tongues. You will not come against me, enemy. I will pray in a tongue that you don't recognise and I will push back the works of the enemy. Do not forget to pray, to pray. We come into His presence with praise and thanksgiving. We thank Him. We bring our requests. This is how I do it. I come into His presence, I praise Him. I bring my requests, what we need, what my family needs. You ask Him for it, you do it without anxiety. You just bring your prayer. We intercede, we push through, we pray for others, we stand in the gap. These are all things that the enemy does not want you to do. He does not want you calling and having conversation with the Lord. Let us not underestimate the powerful weapon of prayer tonight. It is communication with our Heavenly Father, but it is also a way for us to actively participate in fighting the battle. I want us to understand tonight. Is that all right? I'm going to pray something over you all. Armour of God. I'm going to pray a prayer and it's just my words, but I've written it for you. And so I want you to close your eyes. And if this is you tonight, I want you just to lift up your hands if you want to take this because I'm gonna pray a prayer over you where you are asking the Lord to equip you with the armour of God. Is that all right? So just show me tonight if that is you, just close your eyes, lift up your hands and we're gonna step in and I'm gonna pray this prayer over you, but I want it to be your prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, in the Name of Jesus, I put on the whole armour of God that I may be able to stand against the devil. My struggle is not against people, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual weaknesses in high places that are here to destroy me and my family and the body. Therefore, I take unto myself the whole armour of God that I may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, I will stand. I buckle the belt of truth. Place your hands on your stomach. I put on the belt of truth around my waist. Your Word, Lord, is truth. Help me to be firmly established in the truth of Your Word and to be a person of truth and integrity. Give me the words to say when, I ask, when people ask me why I follow Jesus. Touch your chest. I graciously acknowledge your gift of the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you for giving me the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Help me to guard my heart with all diligence and keep a pure heart towards you because I am not perfect. You graciously protect me because of my faith in you. Thank you for disciplining me as your child and that you are working your righteousness in me. 
step into your shoes tonight. I shod my feet with the preparation of the Gospel of peace. Come on, get those feet moving. In the preparation of the Gospel of peace, in Jesus Christ, I am at peace with You, Father. Help me to abide in Christ and let Your peace rule in my heart. Casting all Your care and anxiety on You because You care for me. As I pursue peace with all men, help me to live in peace with my family and other believers without compromising my relationship with You. May my feet go to proclaim the Gospel of peace as a minister of reconciliation. Lift up your shield of faith tonight. Imagine it. I lift up my shield of faith. Help me to stand firm in faith and deflect all the fiery arrows of despair and doubt and hopelessness that the enemy shoots at me. Reveal Yourself, Lord, to me as I study Your Word. Help me to learn more of You in Your language so I can hear and understand when You speak with me. Come on, put on Your helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation tonight. Heavenly Father, protect my mind from the enemy's blows of doubt and discouragement. My hope and my salvation, my trust is in You alone. Help me to fill my mind and my heart with Your Word so that enemies attempt to get my mind and cares this world will fail in the Name of Jesus. Last one, I pick up my sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Thank You for giving me Your Word. Help me to dedicate time to studying, memorising and meditating on Your Word. Help me to speak the Word, pray the Word, Put on our feet ready to preach the Word of God, to remember the belt of truth. 